0: I'm going to uh, just pray, and then we're going to jump into some things related uh, to faith steps God might have for you and I in our church this year. And so um, we're, we'll uh, pray, and we'll just jump right into that. So if you would, let's just bow our heads and pray one more time here. Ah, well, Lord Jesus, I just, uh, just thank you so much for the opportunity to come together with my brothers and sisters here in Christ. and. Uh, thank you that you're here in our, our midst. Lord, I thank you that you're meeting with our brothers and sisters down in Parker as well at uh, at the charter school there. And I just ask you, bless their time, bless our time. I pray that you would speak to us. Lord, I, I think there's some things that you would have on your heart and on your agenda for, for our lives. And I pray you'd give us ears to hear from you this morning. God, give us responsive hearts to, to obey whatever it is you call us to. Lord, I pray you would... Um, this year that you would grow our view of who you really are, what you're really like, what you're able to do, and what you want from us and, and in life. And, um, but we just ask you to do all of this this morning graciously, in Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to start with one question here this morning, and, and it's, it's simply this. How big is your view of God? How big is your view of God right now? A.W. Tozer said this. He said, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Went on to say the most portentous fact about any man is not what he at a given time may say or do, but what he in his deep heart conceives God to be like. We tend by a secret law of the soul to move toward our mental image of God. That's, that's a big quote. There's a lot of things to it. But can you believe that? What comes into your mind when you think about God. Is possibly, is arguably the most important thing about you. And we're going to tend to operate in light of that. You know you and I can say. You know he says it's not what we say or do. You and I can say all sorts of religious things. We can tell you things from the Bible. We can tell you things theologically that are true. But what you believe in your heart about God is really the most important thing about you. And this morning, we're going to look at some things about uh, maybe understanding how important our our view of God and really our faith is, and and then maybe how to grow that. We're going to take a look at a few steps on how we might grow that. But um, next slide we have here... um, your view of God is, is more valuable, it has more t- potential than any one of us here today probably realizes. I think we all would go, yeah, that's important. But I think God wants us to realize your faith, your view of Him has greater value and greater power than you and I have even imagined up to now. And so, um, let's look at this next verse here. Um, this is from 1 Peter. You know, he's writing to believers in the midst of trials. And, and I don't know if you've got any trials going on in your world or not. But, but he says this. He said, These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And You know, we just need to know that our faith is it's worth more than gold you know gold is valuable because there's a limited supply of it and it can do all sorts of things here and um but gold is gold of this world is not going to make it to the next the things that have value here many of them will not make it into the next world but your faith has the ability to have a, a lasting impact an eternal impact it has the ability to gain praise from god it has the ability to give uh, Cause us to receive glory, to share in God's glory, to receive honor when Christ is revealed. There's things about our faith that go way beyond the here and now. And there's things about the power that our faith has access to that is that is beyond... Uh, some of the most powerful things on earth. Sometimes I think about the power of a nuclear bomb or something like that. That has the ability to create these huge megatons of power. And then you think about the sun. And it's got like basically reactions of multiple nuclear bombs going on. And then you think about the the galaxy and the universe. And how many of those are happening. And, and the God who we say we believe in. He made it all in a word. And, and there's great power we have access to. The next slide we're going to look at here is... Um, your faith has the ability, your faith even this year, guys, we're talking about faith for the new year here, but your faith this year has the potential to engage the supernatural, the sovereign, the gracious, the miraculous response of the living God here on earth to do things that would be otherwise impossible to, ha- to happen here on earth. There's, there's things that could happen this year, there's things that may or may not happen this year based entirely on what you believe to be true about God. Um, one of the verses we have here. This this is a, one that stood out to me from Matthew uh, chapter 9 here. But it said, you know, two men followed him calling out. Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the, uh, the two blind men came to him. And he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, it will be done to you. And their sight was restored. You know, there's some things this morning. One of our goals is going to be to look at things God has brought into your world personally. And to our world as a church. And and really to bring this question before you. And let Jesus ask you the question. Do you believe that I am able to do this? Each one of us are going to have some different things God wants us to engage with. But just like these men, he asked, do you believe I'm able to do this? And they said, yes, Lord. And then he said, According to your faith, it will be done to you. And, you know, that phrase just in Matthew 8 and Matthew 9 is said, uh, I think at least three times, and I know it's said more places in the gospel as well. But we're going to take a look at some of those uh, other places here. Um, one of them, at the, it's uh, early on in, in Matthew 8 there, but it's the one about the centurion. I think the next verse are eight thirteen. 13. But um, the centurion told Jesus that, You know, he he had a servant that was sick and he he said, Jesus, I I know I'm a man under authority, but I know that if you just say the word, everything's under your authority. And if you just say it, it'll happen. And Jesus said, he told everyone, I've not seen faith like this, this Roman, this non-religious, unchurched Roman guy has. And he, he believed that Jesus had the authority in this universe just to say for something to happen. And it did. And he told this guy, go, it'll be done. Just as you believed. Another place here. And um, you know Matthew 9 was. There was a woman who had been bleeding for over 12 years. She had spent a lot of money. She dealt with the best that uh, the medical experts had to offer in that day and age. And she was still plagued with uh, bleeding that could not stop. And, and she believed that uh, if she could just touch Jesus' cloak. Just touch his jacket. Uh, that she would stop bleeding, and she would stop bleeding, she would be healed, and, and she did that. And Jesus told her, "Daughter, your faith has healed you." He, you know, he could have said, "Boy, I'm going to heal you. You're connected with the power of the universe. I'll take." But he told her, "No, your faith. It's healed. Your faith, your view of what I could do, has healed you. It's connected her with His power." Another place, uh, you know, this this one we already talked about the blind man. Jesus said, Do you believe uh, I'm able to do this? And it went on to say, He went on to say, According to your faith, it'll be done to you. But your faith and my faith has the ability to cause things to happen in this natural world that wouldn't otherwise naturally happen, things that would not ordinarily happen, things that wouldn't be common. Your faith has the ability to engage God's power here on earth in supernatural ways this year. And that's what we're here to talk about this morning. Um, you know, it also, there, There's also some things we have to watch out for. Our lack of faith in the same God uh, would prevent things from happening. There were places Jesus went to his hometown and it says this, that he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. He was doing all these wild things, raising the dead, healing people from leprosy, restoring sight to the blind. And he went to his hometown and their view of him was like, I, I don't even know why. you're. I don't even think you should be doing this. And, and, and he said, well, I can't do anything here for you because it wouldn't be fitting. It wouldn't honor me for who I am. And he did not do many miracles there. Another place, uh, just reading here in the one-year Bible this you know past week or two, but he was talking to his disciples. They're in a boat. There's a storm. There's winds and waves. And, and they're just screaming. You know, they're kind of like... Lord, we're going to sink here. Help us. And, and he went on to say this, you know, um, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? And, and then it said he got up, he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. You know, in some ways, I think you could paraphrase what Jesus said to his disciples. Why are you so afraid? Why is your view of me so small, guys? Why is your view of me so small? They were tagging along with him, seeing him do a lot of this. And here they get in this situation and they're, they're like, we're going to die. Even though this guy has been doing all these things, is here. And, and yet he did another miracle and, and showed his authority over uh, wind and waves. And he, and he brought it to a calm. And, and then they had another data point. This God in the flesh here is bigger than I last thought. And he spent three years expanding their view of who he really was and what he could really do. And I think you and I, you know... I know myself, sometimes I feel like the Lord say, Rich, is your view really that small of me? Would you not believe me for more here? And so, um, again, we're going to look at some things that I think will hopefully help us here. You know, uh, last year we did, um, it was almost one year ago to this very day. It's always fun to say something like that, isn't it? This very, this very minute, one year ago. No, Um, we did a... uh, I did a message, I gave a message called Trusting God for the Laughable in 2015 and we talked about some things that God might lead us into. We talked about the story of Abraham and Sarah and God told Abraham, you're going to have a son at 100 years old and it said you know, I think it was Genesis 17 he fell down laughing, you know and then Sarah, he said, "Oh, you're going to have a baby at 90 years old and, and it says she laughed and then, you know, there's the whole discrepancy Sarah got in trouble for that, Abraham didn't you know, I think there's just that thing and their women be careful at what you laugh about right Um, no um, she got in trouble not because she laughed and because he was rolling on the ground laughing that seems like it'd been a bigger deal she got in trouble because she lied and said I didn't laugh and he's like no no you did Um, but anyways he said regardless of their laughter he said um, by this time next year you will have a son And, and he also spoke in there is there anything too difficult for the Lord and we were talking about that last year some laughable things that God would have for us and let's see we're also going gonna to do a quick review of those things and then kind of look at the things ahead of us, but as we review, I think there's many things that really we can give God thanks and praise for things to Him who alone does great wonders. We've seen some great wonders this last year. I know I have. I know you have. I know we have as a church, but it's good to sometimes stop and review because that will help us uh, enlarge our view of God. There's, there's data that we have. There's experience we have with the living God from last year that should impact our view of him this year. And so, um, let's see some of the, here's one here. You get the next slide. I don't know if you remember last year, one of the laughable things we talked about, is we said, we, we think God might be calling us as a church to launch another location. We had, um, you know, close to 30, 40, some people commuting from the South side of town. And, uh, you know, half that was kids, um, actually, 75% 75% of that was kids, no, uh, a few suburban, no, um, but, but you know, and we just wondered if would, would God have us launch another location, kind of down in the suburbs slash country, um, to, to reach people down there as well, and, and we kind of thought, well, we're a smaller church, is this really even possible, are we just crazy, in some ways there was some chuckles uh, just about considering this idea, and so, lo and behold a couple months later we felt like God led us to experiments you might remember in March and April and May where we just said let's meet in two locations and this was a picture Greg and I took when we were down at the Franktown fire department they have have a community room that was free we began meeting there and we began meeting in two locations and and then we came back that summer um some of you might remember you know we we merged for the summertime just because of vacation and you know sometimes the numbers are lower and And during that time, we thought, you know, we thought the people, the number of people that we had was going to be the barrier to launching two locations, but when we tried it, there was a lot of people who stepped up. There was a lot of encouraging faith, and um, we realized after we came back together that the people was not the laughable barrier as we thought it was. We realized finances had gotten a lot tighter over those number of months, and then the financial situation became a little more laughable. Uh, we go, we're going to launch two locations? What? How are we going to do that? We're going to have to lay people off, and we're going to do two locations. And, you know, there was some, some times where Greg and I were wondering, are, are our paychecks going to arrive this week? This, you know, um, are, are we going to get a full check or not? Or, you know, there were some things where we're and yet in the middle of it, we felt like God was calling us to to launch another location, and that if that was truly his calling, he was going to provide. If it was his vision, he was going to bring the, the provision. And um, and so some of you know we we went on to do um, a campaign here. Um, we did the Thrive campaign with the goal of of raising ten thousand dollars a month for the purpose of launching another location, for the purpose of advancing some causes here in the Highlands, and and having a. a crazy concept with our church called a savings account and so we we did this campaign and we took a couple of weeks together and by the end of it um the response was above ten thousand dollars a month was pledged by you and i and our our church and it was amazing and it was laughable and there were people going i don't even know if we should do this i don't know if we should just send greg back to the architecture world to work there and we'll save money and but there was a sense that God was calling us into this. And, and God did indeed provide in, in miraculous ways. And, you know, as a family, you know, it had ramifications in our world. After our first Easter service, we, um, you know, we had been praying up to that point that, Lord, do you want us to move? Do you want us to relocate so that we can kind of be the feet on the ground and help spearhead that South thing? And as we prayed, we just felt God continuing to to guide us there. But um, that we put our house on the market um, that a week or two after Easter And and God caused it to sell. And it was a miraculous... You know, my mortgage guy said in the 30 plus years I've been doing things, business like this, I've never seen a house appreciate uh, as rapidly as yours did in, in such a short period of time. And God... Allowed us to sell in the highlands, and and then we went down to buy in a hot market as well. And and you know, there's all these bidding wars, and we're thinking we're going to have to. And God gave us a tremendous deal on the house that we bought here, and we've been able to to use that to as as a headquarters and a way to bless people. And, and that's a picture of us um, walking to our house because they don't have roads down there. No, <laughs> just joking. Um, but uh, that's our house here. You know, some of you might have been to um, this next picture here. Um, we hosted a harvest party last fall, as well. we thought you 're in the country you ought to do harvest parties right well we did and and some of these vehicles are yours, but out in our front parking lot area the we had probably over one hundred and fifty people show up at that harvest party and uh it 's been awesome to see God do things. We had a great time there 's a couple pictures of some of you all here. Um, this is our neighbor, um, Mark, who we met, and he's jumped in, and he's starting to serve on the setup team down there, and his, his son has jumped in with our family, and um, you know God's wor- uh, working on his wife and growing her faith, but some of you in the background there, I think uh, Zach and Anna are photobombing, and this one here, I see back there, and there's Nicole and Amanda back there, photobombing as well, uh, but um, that's another one here. That's another picture of the, the bouncy house at the harvest party. And, you know, um, so God has done some laughable things as a church. You can fast forward to the next one. Well, God has done some laughable things, I think, individually, personally, for us as a family. Um, you know, this is a picture here that if one year ago, you know, as I look back on this, I laugh. Sometimes I laugh, uh, uh, you know, sometimes I laugh, sometimes I cry. When I thought about what this picture represents here... That, Tears have come to my eyes several times, and they're happy tears, as we call them, but um, um, the last time my wife's family was all together, uh, I think my father-in-law said it's been years that we've had this group of people all together. A lot of it is related to the guy on the far left side of the picture there, and God has done some things. If you'd have told my wife and I that over the course of that year, that he would... um, he would go through rehab, he'd get out of prison, go through rehab, graduate from a halfway house, and now begin serving at, at the church they're a part of there um, in Lincoln. Who'd have told us that, we, we would have laughed and just said, you're crazy, you know, and, and here we are, we got to celebrate... Christmas with her brother, and God has done some laughable things. And I know in your world too, God has done laughable things. I think I look around the room at some of the things that have happened. Uh, you know, I, I know I was joking last year at this time. Zach um, was potentially going to enter into a relationship, and now a year later, he's put a ring on her finger, and he's going to. There's some laughable things going on there, um, if, and you can celebrate it's happy laughter. I think there's a uh, in the course of this last year, there were babies that. Were brought into this world in the course of this last year. There are babies who are going to be brought into this this year, and um, some wild things. There's there's things going on here that relate to your faith that um, that are laughable. And I hope you would take time to to look them over and go. You know, I think about some of the stories in this room and what God has done. I think about uh, Jonathan over here, and if you'd have told Jonathan last year what God was going to do over the course of one year in his life. I think he would have fallen down laughing. I don't know, but um uh, God is is moving in in our lives and in our church and you know really what I want to get us to do this morning is, is to see what is um what is the laughable things God wants us to trust him for, obey him in this year. And so we're going to look at four action steps here and uh you know just to wrap things up. So um the first one is this. Um identify, you know, just call it identify, but it's uh identify the otherwise laughable situations in your life. Uh, I want each one of you to ask this question. Pray, ask the Lord. God, what is there something impossible, something that would be otherwise laughable that you want me to trust you for this year? The idea of Abraham and Sarah having a baby at their age was, was, would have been otherwise ridiculous. But God said, this is my plan, this is what I want to do. And and he brought it about, and there was faith challenges and things there. Um, But when you look at your life, you know, um, you can look at the next one here. Maybe um, a couple different ways to examine things God might have for you to trust Him with this year. Some of those are things that God has brought before you. Right now, you're facing some situations, and you go, "Yeah, that's the laughable thing right there." Maybe it's um, related to um, finances. Maybe it's related to relationships restoring a relationship or a marriage relationship or parenting relationships maybe it's something related to um uh, career steps that god would have you trust him with maybe it's related to habits or sin areas in your life that god wants this to be the year you're set free from that and you can live in righteousness um, so maybe it's something God has brought before you, but another way that we can have faith steps is things that we bring to God. There might be things in your world that you go, you have a desire for, or a need that you, you can bring to God. Uh, some of the situations before with Sarah and Gideon and Moses were all things that God said, Hey, I want you to do this. And then he led them into that. But some of these other situations were people who brought their situation before God, God in the flesh. They brought it before Jesus. The leper wanted to be cleansed from that disease. The centurion wanted a servant healed. The dad had lost a child and wanted the child to be raised from the dead. This woman wanted to be free from her health issues. And they all brought those before God. God didn't go and and bring it to them and say, by the way, I want to do this for you. Their faith and their desire led them to seek God. and, And then God did supernatural things in their lives. So there may be things that... You want to bring before God. Again, related to all these subject areas. You know, the last thing to think about here is this category of um, maybe things that the church, uh, God might have us engage in as a church. One of those that I'd love to get you thinking about. Our last pastor's meeting, one of the things we talked about was trusting God for maybe some ways to get the gospel out as a church and personally more than we ever have before. One of the Faith Walker's teachings this last year, Faith Walker's Midwest, you can look it up online, um, but um, there was one by Morgan's dad, Rory Whitney, and it was on, um, on being courageous with God, defining moments that, that lead to being courageous, and, and I came away with the idea of what if God wants us as a church to sow the gospel more than we ever have before, um, and not because we have to. Not because it's our duty. Not because we're just doing our religion. But because we know that, that time is running out. And we know that God wants to save people and transform lives. And because um, we want to please God. Because we have a relationship with God, we want to please, not because we have to perform, not because we're being religious, but, you know, what if that was what our motivations were? And, you know, we started thinking about, as, our, as pastors, we were talking about, what, if, well, what does that mean? How many, you know, maybe um, we can't affect how many people get saved, but we can affect how many people get shared with from us and, and from gospel groups and from us personally and as a church presentations there and so we started looking at numbers and we're like well what is you know maybe it's 200 maybe it's 500 maybe it's um, you know and we were trying to think of a number but in some ways the idea would have been as pastors we pick a number and we pass that number on to you and you know let's go get it and you know people might be like I didn't I didn't agree to that number or whatever. Um, It's interesting when it comes to church-related goals, gospel goals. We set goals in every other arena. You know, if your boss says we're setting a sales goal, or if you want to set a physical fitness goal, you know, we set... But somehow when it comes to church-related, gospel-related things, it's like... It's the unforgivable sin to to actually aim high in this. And and, and yet we feel like that's what God wants us to do. But one of the ideas that we're going to talk about our next pastor's meeting is, what if we did it instead of like, hey, we're picking a number, let's go get them, guys. Um, But what if each one of you kind of did what you did in the pledge drive? And what if you looked at your world and your opportunities and your gifting and your personality and you go, Lord, what, what do you want me to do here? What do you want me to do And maybe for you, sharing the gospel one time this next year would be a huge, gigantic step of faith. Maybe for you, sharing the gospel once a month would be a reasonable goal. Um, Maybe for you, sharing every week or or passing out a gospel booklet every day is what God would have you do. But uh, we're going to talk about it more this week as pastors. But I'd encourage you to start thinking about that. And two goals I think about is one, gospel opportunities where you share share a presentation share your your testimony something like that the other is where you maybe pass out something like a booklet or things like that but if we had a form right now and you had to fill out those two things what what do you think god would want you to put down there he knows your skills your gifting he knows the mission he's given you and everyone next to you but each one of us will give an account for the opportunities and things that God has given us. But I encourage you to think about that because that might be how we determine our gospel goals for this year. And as we launch gospel groups and as we um, do, you know, outreaches as a whole church. I mean, I think there's a couple different ways we can um, get those goals. But I encourage you to be thinking about that. But again, all of this is just identify. What is the laughable step God has for you here? The next one is, um, is simply you know, identify. And the next one will be ask Ask God for his help. Um, You can put those next three verses down there. But um, you know when it comes to this. Whatever that area is. Maybe you're like this is impossible. Uh, You don't have the faith for it. Maybe you're. um, Maybe you know absolutely sure what it is. And again you've tried and tried. And why would this year be any different than last year. And the year before that. But. I think the next step would be just asking God. I'm amazed by how many times there are these situations where God told someone to do something and and they just got some real earnest prayers. One of them I was reminded of was uh, Jeremiah 32. God called Jeremiah to go buy some piece of property. The The land is about to get ransacked and, and they're going to be exiled to Babylonia. And, um, and God said, hey, by the way, go buy this piece of land. And Jeremiah's like, you know, Okay, whatever. But then he has this awesome prayer, Jeremiah 32, where he says, Lord, everything, you're the Lord of heaven and earth, you created it all, and yet, um, you know, he, he says, you know, all Lord God, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power, and outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. And he goes just on and on about God for a while, and then at the end of it he goes, and now why in the world would you have me buy this piece of property? Um, and, you know, there's one time with Abraham where, where God, you know, said, i he said to Abraham chapter 15 of Genesis, do not be afraid, I will protect you and your reward will be great. And he just promised Abraham all this blessings and, and Abraham went on to say, you know, Lord, that sounds great, but I don't even have a son. You're gonna bless me so much and I have to give everything that I have to my servant because I don't even have a relative to pass it on to. And God responded to him and said, by the way, I'll give you a son and I'll make you a great nation jeremiah he went on to explain you know what you're, you're buying this because you're going to be exiled but i'm going to bring you back and you can cash in on it uh i still have good for you after after i discipline your nation um and and so um i just think whatever that area is ask god for help ask him for faith um i think of the the one situation there was a father that uh his child was demon possessed and and he came to jesus and asked him to heal it, and, and and um There was this whole exchange over whether Jesus could do it or not. But then the the father says this, Mark 9, 24. um, The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. You know, as you're facing some area there, you might ask God to help you. You might ask him to help you have faith. I'd encourage you, maybe a real practical thing, would ask God for a promise. God, if this is really you, I love Peter and his exchange with Jesus. He said, Jesus, if that's really you, tell me to get out of the boat. And Jesus said, come, you know, he called him out of the boat, and if you have something before you you're not sure about, you might say, Lord, is this really what you want me to trust you with? Give me a confirmation. Ask him for a promise. Ask him for a verse that will reassure that the more specific we get on this, I think the more specific you'll hear from God. Sometimes we just throw out vague, generic prayers, and we get vague, generic answers. I think God wants to do some specifics here. I remember last year when I was praying for a promise, this is one that that I held on to, that I felt like God spoke to me in the context of laughable things with our church. Zechariah 8, 6. All this may seem impossible to you now. Yes, Lord, it does. It often does. Um, A small remnant of God's people. But is it impossible for me, says the Lord of heaven's army. The answer I kept coming back to is, no, Lord, you can do this. Me and our church and our resources, we cannot do this. It would be silly. It would be silly to attempt it. But you, Lord, if you want it done, yeah, this is, this is easy for you. And he, he walked us into some amazingly laughable things this last year. But ask God to give you a promise. Ask him for help, even if it's just help to believe him. Um, the next step, so there's identify. There's ask. This next one is, is nourish. We've got to nourish our faith. Nourish your faith on God's word. You know, this verse here, I've, I've been rereading a book uh, I read last year, just reviewing it, but it's, it's called Believing God for the Impossible. It's by Bill Bright. Um, and this was written back, uh, geez, in the 70s. And he was talking about some of the things he was trusting God for. and But he, he shared this verse as, as far as a verse about nourishing our faith. He just said... Um, he had heard this verse over and over, we'll read it real quick here, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sins and restore their land. And he said he always had heard that verse in the context of national repentance, like if our nation repents and we work together to, to seek God, And but he said one time uh, someone shared this verse with him and just shed light on the idea of seeking my face and and really, he, he just came away with the thought that to see God's face is to see God for who he really is. And, and get to know what God is capable of and what his character is like. And he just said, um, you know, there's some things here that Bill Bright, he just shared kind of his journey, of things he trusted God with. He talked about, um, let's see, I'll just read an excerpt of it here. Um, you know, he said early on, he just began to ask God to save one person in a year. Lord, would you save my dad? Would you save my colleague? And sure enough, God saved him. And then he said, Before long I was praying for hundreds to receive Christ. And time and time again, God honored my prayers of faith. And hundreds responded to the claims of Christ. Over the last 30 years, my faith has continued to grow. God gave me faith to pray for thousands. And thousands responded. God gave me faith to pray for millions to come into the kingdom. And millions have responded through the ministry of our staff and hundreds of thousands of Christians whom we've helped to train. And he just went on to talk about one, one year, one event in 1974, there were he was praying that God would use them to reach a million people through this event, and through the the research that they did, they believed a million people prayed to receive Christ in Seoul Korea that year. And you know, and I'm looking at my faith and I'm going, Lord, all of us, maybe we could share with two hundred people. And Bill Bright's going, Lord, maybe this year a million get saved. And I was just, you know, when we nourish our faith, sometimes we, we need to probably start with how malnourished our faith might be right now. And we need to start nourishing and start realizing God is able to do this. And God really wants to change lives and set people free and bring forgiveness and salvation. And, um, but you and I, you know what, the results that are going to happen in this world... This year are going to be directly tied into your faith and mine. And if you and I are going, yeah, my God's not that big. Well, you know what? I think Jesus would say, according to your faith, it's going to be done to you. Bill Bright went on to quote that passage. He said, all these things here Jesus said, the same Jesus that said that then is the same Jesus today who says, according to your faith, it'll be done for you. And I think you and I need to nourish our faith so that it will engage the power of God to do things that wouldn't otherwise naturally occur. To do things that are extraordinary, not just ordinary. To bring about the uncommon this year. And we've got to be feeding our faith on His his word and um, nourishing our our faith on His character, His attributes, His promises. And and I hope you would join me in doing that this year. There's a great, you know... um, nugget to, to meditate on here Jeremiah 9 24 just talks about God's character that he he exercises loving kindness justice and righteousness and he delights in those things he, he delights in exercising his loving kindness to you did you know that do you believe that he delights in, in helping righteousness come about in our lives and all around us do you believe that do I believe that um, we need to nourish our faith. The last thing here is just, um, we need to keep in step with God's will and God's timing. You know, if we reviewed, we need to identify that laughable area. We need to um, uh, ask for God's help, identify, ask for God's help, nourish our faith. And then we need to obey whatever he brings into our world after that. We need to keep in step with him. Um, I love this verse here. It's in uh, Ecclesiastes here, um, 8. 8. 5 and 6 but it just says that whoever obeys his command will come to no harm and the wise heart will know the proper time and procedure for there is a proper time and procedure for every matter though a man's misery weighs heavily upon him you know there's a proper time and a way to go about things even laughable things sometimes we go okay there's the laughable thing i'm just going to jump into it and well that that might not be in step with god's will and his timing um and he might you know, sometimes he assigns us to do things that would be the opposite of what we would naturally do. For some of the go-getter, type A driven people, he might have you to not take action and to sit and wait and to trust him. To some of you who are more, you know, I think my wife can be more that way. She's kind of type A, gets things, and I'm more on the other side, like, I can sit and wait and meditate, and, and sometimes guys like, eh, hey, you need to get moving, you need to go take action. Well, I would naturally be more hesitant than some, um, but... This verse here, Hebrews 4, 7, just says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Whatever you hear God saying, if, if you hear Him saying, You know what? You need to stay put. We've got to get our game plan together. Just hold, and then we'll do this. Then you need to stay put. Or if there's something, you go, you know, you know, immediately need to discontinue that. You need to get rid of that. Whatever it is, you need to do it immediately. Whatever His Spirit speaks to you, even today, I encourage you to engage with Him on that. Um... Another way to, to figure out you know god's timing and, and his will is make plans by seeking advice you know you can interact with others who have been following Christ for longer maybe seeing God do some more laughable things and they can give you a little wisdom and insight on that you know I'm yeah it sounds like he does want you to wait on that one or he does want you to move and I, I think of different situations examples we have in the Bible where you know uh, like Saul was told hey you need to wait seven days because Samuel's going to come you're going to do this sacrifice and he was getting antsy and his people were getting antsy we, we got to go fight here we got to go to this battle and finally he he did it on his own he did it before Samuel arrived and the consequences were devastating you know, other times I think of Jonah. Jonah, you're supposed to go preach in Nineveh. And Jonah said, I'm not going that way. I'm going that way. He did the opposite of what he was supposed to do. But there's other examples of people who waited for the Lord. You know, I think Jacob worked for his, his brother-in-law for 20 years until the Lord finally told him, you know what, now, now you can go. Many of us would have skipped town in an unfair situation with someone who was changing our wages and, and jerking us around. And, uh, you know, he sat in that world until the Lord said, now it's time to go. And God did awesome things with him after that. But again, I think God wants to do some laughable things. And he, our faith is going to either enable him or prevent him from doing some of those things. And so I, I encourage you, just a quick review, identify what that might be in your life. And then um, ask God for help. Ask him for a promise. Lord, if this is it, give, give me a promise. You know, next time I have a quiet time, speak to me. Give me something I can claim. Um... And the third one, nourish your faith. Let's be feeding our faith on his character, his attributes, his promises. And then the last one, keep in step with him. Obey him. If that's wait or if that's move forward, we want to keep in step with him this year and let him unfold these otherwise laughable plans. But let's go ahead and pray and we'll we'll call it a day here. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you for all that you did this last year, Lord. You did some amazing things, some things that uh, were beyond what we deserved, God, things that were just gracious and sovereign and even supernatural. And as a church, you know, on behalf of the church, I just tell you thank you, Lord. God, personally, the things I've seen you do in, in my life and my family, and um, I just tell you thank you, Lord. And God, I pray that you'd help each one of us give thanks for the things that you've done. And yet at the same time, Lord, help us identify things that you want to do, things that you want to change, things you want to use us for, things that are bigger than us, things that would not happen naturally. God, help us to engage with you and um, obey you on that, Lord. Help us to have the faith that we need in your help, Lord, your backing. But We look to you. I pray that, Lord, next year we could be like Sarah and just, uh, just have people gather around and laugh together at the amazing things that, that you did in 2016. Um, and, Lord, we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.